Welcome back. We're in Genesis chapter 2, verse 22. Let's go. Verse 22. Then the rib which the Lord had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. So we started talking about this last uh, episode, and we're going to pick up here in the back half of it. So it says, then the rib which the Lord had taken from man. So he took a rib from the side of Adam, and he made it into a woman, and he brought her to the man. How amazing he must have felt to wake up to someone who looked like him, right? This is Adam looking at Eve. What a crazy, incredible surprise. I wonder if his first words were like, hey, God, uh, thanks for this awesome uh, wow. (laughs) And he didn't have a mirror, so he actually had never even seen himself before. So this is the first true glimpse of himself. Interestingly, we don't really get to know ourselves until we go through life with our spouse. For those of you who have been called to be uh, to be married, because we learn through the fires and the trials of life, and, and that is marriage. Um, so it's a it's a wonderful blessing for those who are called to marriage and find their partner. Um, but isn't that awesome to think about? He just looks over and he sees this person. And he's like, "Wow, this is so different than you know all the animals and fish and birds and everything that I've seen." And yet he doesn't have a mirror, so he hasn't seen himself. And wrote down here 1 Corinthians 11 8 through 12 it says for man is not from woman but woman from man nor was man created for the woman but woman for the man for this reason the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels Uh, so just uh, bringing in that verse not for the controversy that some people will try to take it but remember that God is a triune being Father Son Holy Spirit three persons in one Godhead each with distinct roles, but equal. Man and woman have distinct roles, but they're equal. Um, Although it was Eve who sinned first, it is by Adam, the head, that sin is said to have entered the world. He had the position of the headship and was thus responsible. Ephesians 5, 22 to 32. If we read that, I'll read just a little bit. It says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife as... Also, Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be in their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, etc., uh, verse 28, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who, loves, he who loves his wife loves himself. So if you if you wish to come after Jesus, you must deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow him. Right? What we're learning there in Ephesians is that men and women, as we just mentioned a minute ago, have distinct, distinct roles. And a lot of people say, oh, men get it easy and women are supposed to you know, just worship the man. No, no, no. Men are called to love their women just as the, themselves. That's a hard calling, right? That's saying to love something else as much as yourself. And that's exactly what Jesus wants us to do. And it's in the word joy, which is also an acronym, J-O-Y. Put Jesus first, then others, then yourself. Let's say that another way. Another way. Love Jesus more than anything. Then love Jesus people, others, uh, more than yourself, and then love yourself. Because if you love Jesus first, it's going to flow down. You're going to love people with that agape, unconditional love 
Not perfectly because we're not God and it's a really hard and unnatural thing for us to do. But God wants us to have that unnatural, or that uh, agape love, that unconditional love. That even if people don't love us back, that tit for tat, we're still supposed to love them. Right? It's There's the eros, which is the erotic love. That's the sensual, the lust. Then there's the phileo, which is the brotherly love, which is more of the tit for tat, right? We hang out together. Um, I do nice things for you. You do nice things for me. And then there's the agape love. And that's the love that we see in John 3.16. For God so loved the world, it's unconditional. He loves you even if you don't love him back. That doesn't mean that you get to get into heaven. He loves you with all his heart. And he wants nothing more than for you to accept him as your Lord and Savior, to ask his forgiveness and to repent. Once you do that, then you're justified. Then you're considered holy. Then you're considered righteous. Then you can be in his presence for eternity. But if you don't do that, even though he loves you, you're going to have justice and justice will be served. So that's why we encourage you so much to come to a saving grace, to, the, to, to accept the free universal gift that he offers to every single person, no matter how bad you think that person is, he offers the gift of salvation, but it must be individually accepted. Each person must accept it. You can't accept it for someone else. Unlike Mormonism, you can't Pray for the dead that they could be converted to Mormonism, you know, after after they're dead or something like that. You can't say, oh, well, my grandmother was a Christian and therefore I'm saved. Or my child is a Christian and therefore I'm saved. No, no, no. It must be individually accepted. Note that as sinners, not all husbands today honor and respect their wives and they are poor leaders. But God calls Jesus followers to love our wives, not to treat them as property, nor to treat them as inferior but to treat them better than ourselves because that is showing that unconditional love and it is showing a way that is one of our worships to God is how we treat our spouse, how we treat our children, how we treat our neighbors, how we treat our bosses, our employers, our employees, our colleagues, etc. And then it says, verse 23, And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Okay, so it says, this is bones of my bones. Since his flesh was closed up, Adam wouldn't have even known that she was made from his side unless God told him so. Or unless God put it into his heart or mind, right? Because he was sewn up. It's not like he would have just woken up and said, oh, there was surgery completed. God took out a rib and made woman. No, he... He wouldn't have known this unless God revealed it to him somehow. So obviously he did. And it says, flesh of my flesh. John Corson says that bone, this, this phrase, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, that phrase is a Hebrew idiom meaning exact counterpart. So she's an exact counterpart, that's Eve, of Adam. And think about God. He's a triune being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's three persons in one Godhead, and because he made us in his image, man is a triune as well. We are tripartite beings. And then we go down here, and it says, verse 24, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. You hear this at weddings all the time, right? It probably goes over our heads. We've heard it so many times, we don't even pay much attention to it, but... For those who are called to marriage, it says, A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. The two become one. Remember that Jesus is the groom, 
and we are the church age believers in Christ. Uh, we, as the church age believers in Christ, we are the bride, right? So who is the church? The church are all believers from Jesus through the end of the rapture. That's called the church age, and that's the body of Christ. Believers before Jesus died on the cross are Old Testament saints. Believers who come to know Jesus during the seven-year tribulation are known as tribulation saints. They are not the bride of Christ. They just have a different role in heaven. Um, but we who accept Jesus during this time period are considered the bride of Christ, and we will be the body of Christ. He will be the head. And it's a picture of unity, of togetherness, of I got your back no matter what. We would be wise to understand and follow this all the time, and myself included. Here's a question. Where's your treasure? Is it money? Is it partying? Is it a ranch? Is it something worldly? God tells us in Luke 12.34, He says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So he tells us to focus on heavenly treasures. Worldly pleasures are like chasing the ring from the hobbit, where you think you want it, but then it controls you, and it dominates your thoughts and actions. And that's a very bad thing. We've all been there. The question is, what do we, what do, we do about it the next time the worldly pleasure pops into our minds and gives us that worldly desire? Do we chase that rabbit? Do we chase that... Ring from the hobbit thinking, oh, this is amazing. Look what I've got in my hand because it has power over you. And it will hurt you. It, it'll hurt you in so many different ways. It'll take, distract you from the things that are truly important, the things that are truly eternal, the things that truly matter and have lasting effect. So I encourage all of us, myself included, to think about this. The next time that ring pops up, that desire, that worldly lust, whether it's for money, for you know, jealous of a car, jealous of a house, feel unfulfilled because we have, don't have the bank account or the success in our careers that we want. Something's going on uh, that, and you can, I can promise you that Satan and the demons are going to pop that desire in your head. They're going to tempt you with things. The question is, what do you do about it? If you remain under the control of your parents, then you'll never be able to develop into the person and couple that God created you to be. You can't serve two masters, but only one, right? We know that verse. God says you can only serve, you can't serve two masters, but only one. And it's basically saying you have a choice. You can serve God or you can serve manna, uh, which can be interpreted as money or just something else other than God. And we, we, we can't serve both our parents or our in-laws and our spouse. We can listen to them and talk to them, but we are to love our spouse and be one with them and that's why that it's so important if there's kind of that uh, breaking not in a bad way but in a, in a healthy way away from the relationship of the parents to pour into the spouse and that's why that spousal relationship becomes so integral and so intimate and so special and so different uh, because that's how God intended it to be and it's a picture of the future wedding of Jesus which is who, who is the groom and the church which is the bride because we will literally be married, the church will be married to Jesus, and that'll be the bride and the groom. So the, the picture of a husband and wife on earth is simply a foreshadowing of what is to come, the bride between Jesus and the church. And that's why it's so special, and that's why he doesn't want us, he tells us not to 
commit adultery, right? Not to um, look at others, not to do things with others, not to entertain the temptation that the, the devil and the demons put put before us. And because he doesn't want his relationship with us to be tainted. He doesn't want us to commit spiritual adultery and look at other things. Oh, look at Buddhism. This has something nice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that for today. Oh, look at um, Hinduism. This is something nice. I'm going to take that for today. Oh, look at Mormonism. Oh, I like how they dress or treat each other. Or they don't smoke or chew. I'm going to take a little bit of that. He's saying, no, I'm sufficient for you. I will take care of you. I will love you. May we be reminded of that no matter what we're going through in life, that God loves us. He wants us to be attached to him. He wants us not to get dismayed, get concerned, get worried, or to look another way. He wants us to be able to resist that temptation with his power. And we can do that with his power. So don't listen to the lies of the devil. We're really going to get into that uh, tomorrow when we open up in chapter 1, 3, uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, where the serpent is tempting Eve. And we want to be prepared. We want to read the Bible. We've got to prove ourselves studied. We have to, we have to study the whole counsel of, of God. So I, I, I thank you for listening to this podcast. If this isn't the one for you, find another one that is, or just study the Bible. I mean, regardless, study the Bible on your own. Pick it up, open it, start at a certain chapter, and just read it. You can get a commentary, pray about it, uh, but read it. We're, we're all called to read the Word of God because that's how we stay strong. That's how we learn. It's His love letter to us. It's His, it's his, his instruction manual to us. It doesn't tell us everything about everything that we could possibly know, but it tells us everything that we need to know. And namely, what you need to know is this, is that God created the world. God created you. He loves you. We are sinners. We inherited that sin. We do, do just fine on our own sinning. So we're fully classified as sinners. That means we're not holy. We're not righteous. We can't be in the presence of God. But because he loves us, he came down. He doesn't make us reach up. Other religions reach up. They have this ladder. They're like, go up this rung of the ladder and then this rung. And if you do this and you do this and you say Hail Mary 14 times and you do your ordinances in the Mormon church and you uh, pray this time, this many uh, times a day facing this direction in uh, Islam, you do all these things, then you might be able to reach God. God says no. Not only did he reach down, but he came down in the form of Jesus, in the form of man. And he died on the cross and he rose from the dead and he did that for you. And his blood, if you accept him, this offer is universal. He had his arms out on the cross, wide open, not pointing to a few special people saying, you can be saved, you can be saved. He has his arms wide open saying, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Those arms are wide open. If you accept that embrace and you accept that free gift of God, then you're considered holy. Then you're considered righteous. Then the blood of Jesus covers you. Then that blood which is required for the remission of sin covers you, makes you able to be in the presence of God Almighty forever and ever. That is the simplicity of the gospel. Gospel, it's a universal offering, but it must be accepted by you individually to repent of your sins, to ask forgiveness. It's not built on laws. It's not built on ordinances. It's not built on regulations and things you must do. The beauty is in this simplicity. Lord, thank you so much for this amazing 
day for this book of Genesis that you gave to us. Help us to digest it, to understand it. Help us to study and explore your word daily, Lord. Because if we don't know your word, we're going to get confused, we're going to get sidetracked, and we could easily be uh, pulled into a false religion, Lord. Thank you so much. In your amazing name, amen. Don't forget to check out truthgives.com. We've got some wonderful uh, Christian and or conservative gear that you can wear. We encourage you to wear your values so that people can uh, learn the truth about uh, Jesus and uh, biblical values. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message, this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.